0: Hi everybody, and welcome to Active Souls Podcast with me, Joshua Strzyzki, and me, Paul Dennett. What number are we on? Fifth weekend, hey. and you've forgotten already.
1: Well, it's the fifth one then, isn't it? Oh, fifth
0: weekend. You're in. disgraceful. Hello, everybody.
1: <laughs> Hi. <laughs>
0: Hello guys. Welcome to this week's podcast. Um, as you can probably already tell, um, it's a slightly different format. I'm here by myself um, today. Um, no Josh. Uh, we're going to do an interview special. Um, when me and Josh first decided we we're going to do the pause, we kind of decided they were going to last around 45 minutes to an hour. Um, when I did the interview this week, I got a little bit carried away and it went on a little bit longer. Um, so we decided we're going to leave out all our intellectual banter that we have at the start of each pod, uh, and we're just going to throw the interview out there for you guys to listen to. Uh, the interview is with a, a gent called uh, Brett Halliwell. Um, he's an age group um, triathlete based in Bristol. Uh, he's actually won the Challenge uh, 70.3 uh, championships uh, in 2019, which gave him the chance to apply for his pro license. Um he went on to um, do that. Uh, unfortunately, because of COVID and things, he hasn't had the chance to race pro yet. Uh, but I say you'll hear, hear all about that in the interview. Um, I really enjoyed chatting to Brett and uh, hopefully going forward, we can talk to him again, uh, especially when he's done his like first pro race and stuff. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Here's Brett. Right. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to this week's uh, interview. Um, I'll pull the curtain back a little bit and say this is our second attempt at this because I forgot to press record uh so I'd like to welcome to Active Souls podcast Brett Halliwell uh Brett is an age group triathlete from Bristol how you doing mate you're right yeah
1: I'm very well keep it well how you doing
0: yeah I'm good yeah not too bad enjoying the uh, sun the kids are going back to school so the sun's decided to come out uh I hear you're down Excellent. in Cornwall for a few days
1: yeah, I'm down in Cornwall just for a few days, uh, enjoying the weather down here as well.
0: Oh, very nice, very nice. Right, so um, for the guys that are fairly new to triathlon, what I want to do is just give a bit of a background to yourself. Um, you're a top age grouper, tr- go, planning to go pro. Well, it was planned to go pro this year, but unfortunately, uh, COVID's got in the way. So you've been doing triathlon since 2015, is that right?
1: Yes, yeah, so I've started in 2015, dabbled in it a little bit um and then it just caught hold straight away in a sense i think if you look at most people who do a triathlon race they say oh i'm just going to give one a go and then next thing they've entered another two three races and before you know it they are 10 hours a week deep into their training (laughs) throughout the whole of winter ready for the next season because they've got the bug so yeah the turbo in the garage Yeah. yeah and their partners are hating them because they're spending all this money on on gear and lycra and uh stuff that they
0: have no idea about to get <laughs> as fast as possible so take us um back a little bit then so before 2015 what sort of uh sporting background did you have were you a runner swimmer what, what was the background
1: uh well i'll take you way back so i i think i most kids i for me it was more football i come from like back in the day i grew up playing football from the age of probably 10 years old probably even earlier than that so but however, when it was football, I wasn't an outfield player. I was a goalkeeper.
2: Right.
1: Uh, don't ask me why. It's probably because I was a bit stupid and didn't <laughs> care about getting kicked in the face or getting hurt. So I started out in football. Um, and then my brother uh, my brother uh, got into athletics um, probably around, he was about 11 years old at the time. So I got quite excited about him doing athletics. I was like, oh, I'd love to do that. Um, and give that a crack, so sort of joined the local Athletics Club, Yate AC.
0: Oh yeah, no Yate track um, very well.
1: Yeah, so over Brimsham Green turned yeah. up there every Tuesday and every Thursday on a regular basis. Uh, from the age, I think it was, you had to be 11 years old um, to join the Athletics Club, first of all. So I went when I was 11 years old, I was allowed to go and just sort of tested out the different events you had around there. And I remember thinking, yes, I'm going to be a sprinter because... That requires the least amount of work. Um, the glamour. The glamour of
0: the sprinter.
1: Yeah, I was, and I, I'm back at when you were 11 years old, I think it was like 70 or 80 metres. So it wasn't even the full 100 metres. And then uh, from there, I got put in like a multi-eventing group where I was doing high jump, long jump, um, sprinting, hurdles, that sort of stuff. But it wasn't until I was started the racing season in the summer when I was 11 years old that... I basically got put in for these events. I've like done the long jump in one day plus the high jump. And I think i had done a 200 meters and yay AC were down one person in the 600 meters. And I think it was all about getting points at the time. So you had to have one person to be racing, to get points. And we were very close to winning the overall, um, I guess a day, uh, and points wise so yeah. they asked if I just wanted to give the 600 meters a go um and I was like I, ref- I was refusing at first I was like no it's too far <laughs> 600 meters is too many laps but it's like one and a half laps but it's too far I can't run 600 meters I've never done it and I ended up winning it by you know by chance because I don't know I just I just ended up winning it and that's when my middle distance session or middle distance uh Athletics started from there. From twelve years old, where I got put into a uh, middle distance group and sort of went from from there in a sense. So when you say middle uh, distance,
0: so you are you talking eight hundred meters to like fifteen hundred meters or a bit longer, like three k, five k?
1: uh It was eight hundred meters up to three thousand meters at the point um at where the age that I was, and then that did progress on to the five thousand meters as I got a bit older. But very much so from the age of like. 12 through to, I would say, 15, 16, I was very much an 800 meter runner. Uh, so was there well,
0: cross-country cross and stuff at your school?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, we, so we had the local cross-country, um, South Gloucestershire um, schools, so very much every winter, it'd be like going to like the Grange, Castle School, all around these different schools within Bristol and doing like the, the South Gloucestershire Cross-Country League and then you qualify from there for like the Avon School Championships. Uh, And then go on to represent um, Avon at the English Schools Championships as well. So I've done all that. I went to the English Schools Championship, both for track and field as well as cross country. And I think I won one year. I think I won the All came second at the Midland Cross Country Championships, which was pretty cool Mm. Um, at the age of under 13s. Um, and maybe under 15s, I podiumed as well. So sort of early age, I, was, I wasn't i was too bad in like the local area slash Midlands. Uh, but when you get to sort of national and English schools level, you are talking a whole different ball game. And at the time, I wasn't doing the the distance. I wasn't doing the volume of running you'd expect from someone who was competing over, you know, 6K yeah, yeah. cross country. The strength weren't required to do that. I wasn't doing it. So what that led to was injuries through um just poor strength and conditioning and really. And uh that's sort of where I picked up a lot of my injuries was through cross country. So either hip injuries or the main one that I've had is is Achilles, Achilles tendonitis. Right. Or tendinopathy. So that was very much from early days because running in spikes around an athletic track or running yeah. in spikes in cross country is not an ideal situation for the Achilles uh exposed to on a on a regular basis. So um yeah so I sort of followed that path and I was you know I was doing quite well. I went to English schools track and got through to the final. I wasn't winning the the English schools no by no means. I think I came ninth in well, basically second to last, <laughs> to be honest, in my uh final English schools race, which was uh I I think I must have been out 15 years old at that point. Uh, no 14 years old. So I uh done that over 1,500 metres, and then from so there... So had you
0: stopped football at that point and it was just all athletics? Or were you still be playing in goal at, for teams at that point?
1: Um, I stopped playing football at 14 years old. And the reason for that is because I realised that I was not a team player. <laughs> yeah. Which, okay. uh, for, for someone who plays football, basically, I, don't, I didn't like losing. And right. I, I, didn't, I didn't like losing when I could not have an impact on the overall...
3: Yeah, yeah i get that
1: score so when it came to having to rely on other people to do the work as well and they weren't let's say i i couldn't i couldn't fathom why they weren't putting the effort in why they didn't want to win that didn't make sense to me yeah so i yeah i, I quit football at 14 and um i actually went to refereeing after that as well a so I referee <laughs> and, you know i've swapped i've swapped to the dark side and and started refereeing for a few years which was which was good fun good money it was um you know, seeing it from a different perspective, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, no football. I think I just, I just couldn't. I just, yeah. I, 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 athletics sort of took over for me, and and the the need to to improve and the need to want to win and go faster and faster and and see where I could really, really go with my with my running took over, um, and that basically went all the way for uh, until about I was twenty about twenty years old. Right, okay. It was athletics running seven days a week, sometimes twice a day.
0: Still with clubs at that age as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, still with, yeah. So I I, I moved from Yates um, Athletics Club uh, sort of around the sort of, I think I was about sixties So after finishing the schools, um, which is, uh, I think I was about 15, I then decided to try, join Stroud Athletics Club
3: right yeah no stridewell
1: um so i was up in gloucester and the reason for that was because my coach uh that i was using quit um and went off to south africa right um so that couldn't i couldn't continue because he wasn't coaching me then so i had no coach to go for in bristol um so i went to someone that i knew and i'd raced against his athletes and they were top athletes they went to you know they were sort of the ones ahead of me at english school level so yeah. started training with them and that sort of took off a little bit and i've been with that coach now chris fatwell since that age i'm still with him now even in triathlon even though he's not a triathlon coach i'm still with him now
0: ah okay yeah because i was going to talk about coaching and stuff later on because i've been um, reading up on you uh, through your biogs and stuff and don't really mention coaching too much so i've got quite a few uh, questions on coaching so when did the um the bike and the swim come into play then are you a, a good swimmer? Were you a good swimmer as a kid?
1: Um, no, I, I never liked swimming. I think my parents only put me in swimming, like like most parents do, is a life skill. Yeah. So you know, I done the badges. I swam um, on an evening at a local leisure centre. I think it was at Sand, not Sandwell. I think it was Speedwell Leisure Centre. Yeah. Or Speedwell Swimming Pool, which now is completely been it's gone. They've knocked down. It it's completely, Yeah, it completely went. So I sort of swam there for quite a while. Um, kingswood
0: leisure center is exactly the same that hasn't changed since you were probably swimming there as a kid
1: no no i never i never swam there as a kid to be fair with you i never went there it was only speedball oh, well. right. and then when speedball shut down that was it so i didn't swim from the age of again that's probably from like 10 years old all the way through so i didn't swim there until i started triathlon which was when i was 21
0: crikey so about bike, 11, bike yeah. stuff just picked up the bike at some point and got on well with it because you had the engine from the running
1: yeah so i when i when i basically for my I when i my last race track was in when i was 20 years old i'd done a five thousand meter track race um what's your 5k a, time uh, at that age so that that ended up being my pb with 14 minutes 57 oh jeez. <laughs> um but that was in a, a a bmc which is like a british miners club so it's pace up in manchester the etihad stadium or sports city oh very nice um funny enough that was the same night that one direction were playing at the etihad so we had one direction playing when i was racing so i <laughs> don't know if that motivated me or not you know um but yeah so that was that was my last track race and i basically finished that race with a new pv which is great um however my achilles had completely ballooned by that point and i had a massive swollen achilles tender where i could barely walk um, so that sort of put pay to any, I, I sort of went off running altogether. I was like, it's not worth it. It's too painful now. And I took about eight months off. Um, and went to, I went in my, on my 21st birthday, I went to Africa, South Africa, done a like, couple of weeks in South Africa just to do some touring around there and check out the safaris and camping in South Africa. And at that point I came back, of course, summertime, I was like, I'm going to start getting back to to fitness. Um. My brother had no bike. So I started riding my bike to work and then realized, I spoke to my coach and I was like, do you know of any races that are bike and run races? And he was mm-hmm. like, yep, they do du- duathlon. So I was like, what's, what's that? What does it consist of? He's like, so it's run, bike, run. I was like, oh, great. I'll do that then. So uh, I sort of prepared from, I think it was end of August uh, through to October when the duathlon season starts. Um, this is pretty much in 2014 now so 2014 in October the first draft run I think it was it was up north somewhere trying to racetrack I can't remember the name of the racetrack to be fair with you um but I rocked up there thinking oh yeah it's gonna be a, a solid race on the run and then they're gonna chill out on the bike and then it will just be a hard run again that's how I, I so in my head was
0: that first race
1: uh it was uh 5k first run
3: yeah
1: uh, 20k bike and then a two and a half k second run so it was a sprint distance right okay but leading into that i hadn't ever run off the bike um
0: <laughs> no brick n- no brick training sessions beforehand or anything to practice
1: no no brick sessions nothing like that um so i hadn't run off the bike and also i had only really done some minute efforts up a local hill up by up by me as a local hill i just did a minute efforts and that was about it i was all the training and obviously occasionally the long I mean, when I say long, it was like an hour and a half ride. <laughs> so, I turned up there, and I didn't realize they had tri suits. I thought it's a duathlon. It's not a triathlon. You don't need to have a tri suit. So, I went down. I think it was a triathlon shop down Bristol, just to see if they had those um, like triathlons uh, shorts, just the shorts, the yeah, yeah. padded shorts, so I could so I could so use you them. Still the running them. Yeah, and I could still run. So I bought a pair of them and then I wore a running vest for the race as well. And I was on a, a road bike. A, I think I got it from Evans, a Hoy road bike, which wasn't set up for me at all. Um, and didn't have any aero bars and I just had a bog standard helmet. So I rocked up there. was like, they're going to go hard on the run, chill out on the bike. That's what I was hoping for. And then go hard on the run again. Um, so yeah, the, the first run went off. Yeah, sounded it, it was a nice 5k run. You know, I just sort of settled in with the leader thinking, oh, if I could just settle with the leader, then I'll try and see where we're at on the bike and just stay with them on the bike. Lo and behold, the guy, there's a guy called Lewis Ecclestone who turns out he was like a national champion the year before for the, for the age group. I didn't know that at the time. So there's me and my yeah. He's probably vest. thinking, who's
0: this who's just rocked up in his running top?
1: Yeah, running vest. <laughs> uh, faggy, not even tucked in. I think it was maybe tucked in, but... When it starts, it's still floppy anyway. So cleats on the bike? Did you
0: have to do quick change from cleats to trainers or did you have um, just normal pedals?
1: No, I did have cleats. I did have cleats. I hadn't practiced how to transition though. <laughs> so that was very much, I'll make up on the day and see how I get on. But I knew I knew you had to put your elastic bands. I researched how to attach your shoes to the bike. All right, yeah. Bands was, was fun. So I, re- I researched that, but I didn't actually practice getting on and getting off the bike. So that was, yeah, that was a bit of a challenge, but... <laughs> I managed to blag my way through that one, and I ended up qualifying actually because it was a it was a European qualifier, age group European qualifier. So I qualified for the European Championships, which uh, were in Alcobendas in Spain.
0: In your first um, race.
1: <laughs> in my first race, yeah, I think I came like twelfth overall and like third or fourth in my age group at the time. Oh, no. um, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know, and my coach was like, "Oh yeah, you can go to the Europeans as an age grouper for GB." And I was like, "Okay, cool. What's that?" He was like, he was like, you got to pay this, and I was like, oh, okay. So I paid the ten pound quali- registration fee or qualification fee, and then qualified. Then paid like how much it was for the entry fee, um, and then carried. And that and that was in the next. I think I was in March the following year. So I done October, qualified for that race. I think I'd done one more before Christmas, and that was it. So and at then- this point, you're with
0: the running coach still. So is he adapting the training to incorporate the bike and stuff, so you're fully prepared?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, no, he was. Yeah. So we, we, we went with the philosophy of basically the run and sweat, The run and bike are pretty much similar. So you still need the aerobic and endurance. You need the strength, yes. you need the speed. So when you use that philosophy, you can replicate that on the bike. So he'll, he'll work. I bought a turbo. Um, and then it was just a long, I, I joined the Kingswood tri club yep, uh, for the,
3: for well. the
1: wind, for the winter. So I started riding with some of those on the, on the, on the Sunday morning uh loop and that sort of just made me realize what you need to do to get faster basically yeah um so yeah that was that was my first basically introduction to multi-event sports and then as a result of joining Kingswood tri club of course they're talking triathlon i'm like oh maybe i should get back into triathlon or try triathlon now so it's only adding a swimming and i used to swim when i was a kid so um yeah i started joining in with their swim sessions on a tuesday and thursday at kingswood Love center
0: so um, how yeah, was the swimming when you first got back into it? Were you like me a bit of a, a bit of a slug in the water that needed a bit of uh, information about technique or did it come back to you quite quickly?
1: Uh no, I needed, I, I was a slug in the water uh, very much. So I had to learn how to like kick my legs yeah, and also how to swim in a straight line and not snake through the pool. <laughs> yeah. Um, And also the fact that there's more than just flinging your arms over about the catch and pull phase. I had to really refine that and focus on that. So yeah, it, it was a lot of coaching from the guy. I think it was Jay, a guy called James.
0: Yeah. James um, is still doing and, it.
1: You know, so he was, he was coaching, like the coach in the Kings of trilor, And that's what he basically told yeah, me to good, do. And focus good on. gentleman. He is top man. Yeah. He was, a, he was a really, really nice guy to start, start coaching under. So he sort of took my swimming a little bit, but yeah, that was, that was literally, I think I started swimming in, back and swimming in end, like maybe December of 2014 and then obviously into early 2015 continued that swimming
0: so first uh, race triathlon what was the first one you uh, entered did you go big straight uh, away or was it a nice little Cromwell sprint
1: no it was it was it was local it's cotswolds it was the cotswolds super sprint right yeah uh i think i think that's like early may i want to say it's 400 meter swim 20k bike 5k run
0: is that in one of the lakes
1: yeah one of the yeah. lakes up in cotswolds yeah. i think it's lake 60 like 68 62 or 69 or something, yeah. I'm not sure. Um but yeah, I sort of entered that. I was like, oh I'll give that a crack. And I thought it's local, so it was only an hour up the road. That was so cold. That was a very cold swim. Very cold swim. Um and also I'd never been in an open water, I'd never swam open water until the week before. So I think <laughs> it follows it follows a May Bank holiday. Right. <laughs> so I jumped in the Cromwell lake. i done I think I only done two laps of Cromwell. I think I was like eight hundred meters, like, and my brain, my brain was frozen by that point. Yeah. So I got out, and I was like, "That'll be fine." I got four hundred meters next week, so I have done eight hundred today, so I'll be fine tomorrow next week. Um, the thing so with yeah, Cromwell,
0: it's a lot deeper than the uh, Cotswolds, isn't it? So it uh, takes a bit longer to warm up.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. It obviously being a quarry, it's uh, yeah. So that that was quite a, re- a real shock getting in there first of all, but it made me realise what it might be like on the following week. At, at, uh, at the Cotswolds. So, so Ed, have yeah. you ever
0: done like a, a group start, like, um, like the washing machine kind of start? did you practice that before entering and going into the triathlon or was that a bit of a shock to start with as well?
1: No, I never, I never, I never practiced that. Um, <laughs> it was, it was a case of, there's, there's I, a trend I,
0: building here, Brett.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I hadn't tried that. I, um, I based it off I, uh, from racing cross country. Right. i was always on the front i always went to the front rail cuz country because if you're going to be racing to win you got to be at the front so i was like right i'll go at the front of this race i'll um i'll go on the middle pack of the of the of of the start and and see what happens but that was yeah that was a realization of if you go in the middle you're going to get battered so yeah that i quickly learnt my lesson there and decided that in my next race i'll go to the side a little bit and work my way work my way through <laughs> rather than get basically swam over
0: so how was how was the first race you, you didn't win that one as well did you
1: no i didn't i think i came like i think i came like seventh overall right okay um, but by that point i had invested in um a pair of um deep section wheels and i had put aero bars clip on aero bars on my road bike right and i had and i had practice transitions <laughs> the only thing i didn't practice was getting my wetsuit off um by practice jumping on and off my bike at that point so that went a bit smoother and i'd also done brick sessions by that point so i could run off the bike a bit more efficiently than i was in my first experience of it
0: so from 2015 then you got the bug was it just constant booking local races from there on in or did you actually set yourself a target of i want to do maybe a 70.3 within the year or what what process did you put into place at that
3: point
1: um do one race and see what happens so right. and that, and that's literally how how I went for the first year or maybe two. I'd done the Cotswolds, but the next race I was like, there was one in for Nottingham at the at the boat, at the boating lake, and yeah. my coach's son was doing it, and I was like, oh, I'll give that a crack as well. So that that part, was that part of the
0: Outlaw series? Uh,
1: yes, it was actually. It was the Outlaw the next day, Outlaw um, four, I think next day. Yeah. So we done. I done the, again. I done the sprint distance on the Saturday. Which was that point, it was actually a longer swim, so it was 750 meters. Yeah. And then same bike, 20k bike and a 5k run.
0: Was the run around so the I, lake?
1: Yeah, it's like, I think it's like two laps, two yeah. and a bit laps. Of yeah, because yeah, I've done like the four and
0: it's, uh, it's quite um, demoralizing running around that lake when you're like 20 miles into a marathon.
1: I can, uh, yeah, it's, it's a long lake and it's because you can see.
0: Yeah, you can see one end and
1: the other. It's not, it's not fun. But yeah, no, I've done that one and it was my first experience. So going from the Cotswold, where it was probably like 50 people on the start line, over to the um, Nottingham, which actually was the world qualifications, so qualifying for the world sprint championships in Chicago that year. Right. Um, so there is, you know, you're talking people about, I think there was like 200 people on the start line for that one. Yeah. Um, again, I'd only done the Cotswold race, which was 50 people with the mass start. Doing that was 200 people is a very different story. But um, yeah, I started on the outside, but again, on the front row and had to quickly get across because I was swimming straight towards the rocks. <laughs> so when you look at it, if you get, in the right, if you get on the right hand side nearest to where the the um, the supporters are yeah. and you're going out, they put a ye- big yellow boy out to stop you from basically swimming into rocks. Yeah, yeah. So I seen that and I had to quickly cut across. And I think I took about three blows to the head during that swim.
3: I can believe um, that, Yeah.
1: I do remember that because that was my first real experience of, of mass start racing, but I loved it. I am not. I love mass start. I love it. That's, I think it's fantastic when you get a mass start going and everyone's going nuts at the start. I, I really get feed off that. I think, um, you know, I don't mind getting hit. I don't mind people hitting my feet or hitting me in the head. Like I think it's now a case of that makes me want to get out faster
3: yeah, and yeah. work
1: on that, that real top end speed. So Gets your adrenaline pumping
0: a little bit for the start of the race and things as well, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and that sort of just sets you up for the for the rest of the race, knowing that you are in amongst that. Okay, no, we are racing. It's not just a casual jolly on a Sunday morning. It is a it is racing from the start. So, I took that and plus it was a world qualification for age group championships. So, everyone was gunning for for a place, and I think I came like third in my age group that year. So I qualify. I ended up qualifying for the. For the age group world championships in Chicago, in basically my second triathlon. Jeez.
0: So, what age group were you at that point, then? What you uh, is that over like twenty? Twenties.
1: Yeah, 20, 20 to twenty four that was. So yeah, I was okay. sort of twenty one. I was only twenty one at the time, so I was middle. I was in middle age of that yeah. group. Um, so, did you take that yeah. place in Chicago? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I took the I took that that place, and, and that was in September um, wow. that year. So that was my first. Well, second experience representing Great Britain age group because I went to the European duathlon championships um, earlier in the year in Alcobendas, which I qualified yeah. for in my first duathlon. Um, but yeah, I took, I took Chicago as the world champion. So at this point,
0: you, you must be thinking this triathlon arc is uh, quite an easy game to get involved in.
1: Well, yeah, I'm not, I, I thought about sponsorship more than anything. I thought, oh, maybe I have to get some sponsorship now because <laughs> at the time I thought, oh, I'm representing Great Britain. I'm, I mean, that's fantastic but then I was like, hang on, I'm paying 300 odd quid here for,
0: yeah, you have to buy your yeah, own kit, don't, don't you?
1: Yeah. And I did. And then obviously you pay what 150 or quid for the DB kit. And I was like, Oh, hang on then. Let's, let's have a look at this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'd done, I qualified for the Chicago. I went to Chicago that year. Um, which was that, that was like the real first experience for championships, which was, I flew out like three, I think two days before the race, two, three days before the race. I was only out there for five days in total. um, so yeah, were you, sort of was, was that
0: quite a daunting experience saying because like taking your bike and packing it in the box and taking it on the plane and rebuilding it the other side did that phase you at all or did you just grasp it with two hands
1: um it, yeah so actually the the, the bit i uh i worry about is putting back. i i worried about putting the bike back together over there yeah um because i wasn't going out i wasn't going out there on my own i didn't know anybody going out there um my parents weren't coming to watch me because of how far it was. So it was very much me going out there on my own and sort of seeing what I can do really. Yeah. Um, so I got over there and I put my bike, so to- I to put my bike together and I nearly had a bit of a, uh, an issue with it where I nearly, um, I think it's de-threaded or threaded the uh, rear derailleur. Right. So basically I was, I went with a bullet a gate trying to shove it in and ram it in and twist it and tighten it. And actually, it wasn't going in at all, so it never fitted properly. Yeah. Um, so I took it down to the Great Britain uh, bike mechanic. He was like, "You're so lucky. You are so lucky. You didn't thread this because if you had, your race would have been over before it started." Oh, I was quirky. like, "Oh, okay, then." Um, so yeah, no. The, the, apart from that, I've, I, everything else was fine because I met some guys on the plane over who I'm still friends with now. I still talk to um, a great group of guys, and they sort of they were in the same boat as me as our first championship um so i very much sort of stuck with them basically yeah. and went around chicago with them for a bit and then i introduced them to my pre-race meal which i guess you shouldn't change a pre-race meal um the night before world championships but they did and they all done so really what, well what is that your
0: time. uh race meal um, race meal of choice
1: uh pizza
3: oh yeah that's
0: a good start i'll go with that
1: you know pizza and a coke get the carbohydrates in <laughs> get the uh Get the sugars in. Why not? So yeah, pizza and co. But they they always went for pasta and rice. And I was like, we're in, we're in America. Like, yeah, we're going we're gonna get pasta and rice from. You're gonna get pizza just around the corner. So we went for a Chicago pizza. Nice. So yeah, so I went to there. That was that was great fun. That was a real because obviously you got the elites as well. You got the brownies racing. Um, so on, what's on the age
0: the... difference between yeah. you and the brownies, then? When you were doing your um, cross country and stuff, were they in the same sort of? age group here are you or were they just before you
1: they're older than me so i think i think alistair's like what 32 ah, right yeah so about five or enough. six years older than me yeah. i want to say so i'm i've only really just turned 27 right okay. now um so yeah he's about yeah twenty thirty-three. that's but, um, one of the things
0: with triathlon isn't it, is that you do get to race the elite of the elite on the same course on the same day and all this sort of stuff it's it's quite unique that way
1: yeah so that's what i thought i thought oh, i'm gonna be racing exactly but we don't in the world in the age group stuff you don't
3: ah uh, right okay
1: so we raced on a slightly different course um for the bike course and for the run course basically they do laps like they do multiple uh, laps for the multiple again just for the viewing purposes and yeah, cameras yeah. etc but we didn't but that was cool because we seen them race like watching them how fast they were going was obviously insane i was getting i was still getting to grips with who they were like who the other athletes were. Um, And yeah, the whole experience was cool. It was, you know, it it was such a big event, but at the same time, I managed to take it all in. And I think it was because I was so new to triathlon. I had no expectations. I didn't know what to expect. Some guy, he was part of the British team laughed at me because I never heard of DI2 before the race even started. (laughs) So I was like, I don't care, mate, you got DI2, so you should beat me. Turns out he didn't beat me. So, I was like, okay, let's, let's just crack on and just yeah, see what happens yeah, yeah. because you're at a championship. You don't know anything can happen. Something could go wrong or, you know, you just, you just never know. So, um, yeah, I, I just went into it, just going there to have fun and just enjoy the race and see what happens. And if I come out and have a good result, fantastic. If I don't, oh, well, we move on to the next one.
0: Yeah, good attitude. That is a good attitude. That's what I like. So what I like. from there, what, what happened next?
1: Uh, so from there, so I came 11th in my age group there and I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's all right, actually. That's not too bad. So I've only been doing it for a year. So got back from Chicago, and that was full on. That was when it kicked off. I was like, right, is what I'm doing. I'm going to focus on it over the winter. So going to 2016, I put in more hours, increased my swims to three, three, maybe four times a week, Um, swim uh, bike sessions were getting longer, getting harder, Um, you know, getting more focused, but also looking at, stepping up from sprint to Olympic distance right so that with that added a bit more bit more nutrition in a sense to the fact that you take one gel on the bike and maybe a gel on the run yeah um so yeah over 2016 I had increased my my long ride to maybe three hours I'd increased my swims to four days a week and my runs were still pretty much the same anyway um and then in 2016 I combining sprint distance and Olympic distance. So the difference now is the 1500 meter swims and double yeah. the distance and du- double the bike. So because my-
0: you didn't have a swim background or you would come from a um a swim background that you hadn't you'd had taken a bit of a gap, were you yeah. finding that you were lacking slightly in the swim when you were chasing the second you got on the bike? Or had you brought your swim up to standard where you were like front packing?
1: I brought my I brought my swim up to a, a reasonable standard. I wasn't front packing. Um, I was just off. I was probably second pack in an racing, right. I would say. Um, so yeah, always chasing on the bike, but then I still have my run speed from my track days. Yeah. And once I got into that run, there was early, when I first got into track, no one was faster than me. Right. You know, no, no one could run the same pace as me. If you, they couldn't st- like I was confident that I'd be able to run past the majority of the field as soon as they got off that bike.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I, re- I relied heavily on that in that year. So Going from sprint distance over to Olympic distance, I, I, uh, I knew that even if I was five minutes down on someone, I can make five minutes up and put two, another two minutes into the middle of a 10k, 10k race or 10k run.
0: Yeah, it's good to have that confidence in that that last bit of speed in it. On when people are starting to lag a bit, and you know you've got the the confidence to get to get past them.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And also then we sort of with I I preferred doing the Olympic distance just for it is a bit of a longer race. It's two hour race compared to an hour race. Yeah. Um, but that year, I had my first disqualification, which hit me hard. Um, and that was in my—I think it was in my first or second race of that season. It was at the British Championships as well. Right. Um, so I got disqualified after coming third overall in the British Champs sprint distance um, because apparently I drafted, which is questionable. Um,
0: <laughs> Did you question it on the day?
1: <laughs> no, because they were like, "You got to put a, a thing in within ten minutes of finishing." However, I didn't find out until I think an hour later that oh, I qualified. But to me, I still, I still, I, I, I was upset because I didn't get to win a podium. But I also thought I had a good run out. I know I came third. I beat these people. So realistically, I still
3: got yeah, a good it, it
0: built out the confidence, even though you didn't have the official finishers' uh, time on the board, sort of thing. Gave you yeah, a that's base. it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it sort of went from there. And then I, in 2016, um, I went to the British um olympic distance championships age group as well and again no i had no expectations of that race um never been to an olympic distance british championships um it was up in liverpool which is which was a fantastic place to have it like if you they didn't do it anymore but that was a great location um and i didn't know what to expect i went out and i came out with the water with the lead pack which i'd never done and then just biked hard and just end up winning the race, winning the age group, over, wow. uh, my age group. And that one came fifth overall in, in the end, but I was the first down the finish and shoot. So that was quite exciting for me at that time. And it was camera is on t- is like having the TV cameras around because it right. was being televised. Um, so I, cause I was leading the age group race. Basically the TV camera is right in front of me, like pretty much a whole run. Um, but that was like my real ex- first experience of winning a big race.
0: So with all this going on currently, you're doing you're doing really well in triathlon. Um, you're progressing through the age groups and all that sort of stuff. Are you st- are you working full time at this point as well? So are you trying to yeah, hold yeah, down definitely. a full time job and train to the elite standard?
1: Yeah, no, I, I've I've always worked from uh, from the age of fifteen. Uh, even now, I still work full time. Right. Um, I don't think. Sorry, <clears throat> um, but yeah, I was working full time again as a trainer, so thirty five, thirty seven half hours a week at Monday to Friday and for me that gave me a bit of structure because I knew I could train before work I could train after work sometimes I could train in my lunch break as well so yeah you know I think for me it was a case of I can keep achieving what I want to achieve while still earning the money to be able to fund the sport yeah
3: because
0: yeah there's not that much money in triathlon currently. I know it, hopefully it's going to change over the next coming years or so, but there's not yeah. a great a lot of money in triathlon currently. So yeah, I know quite a few age groupers that are, let's say looking to go pro and still working full time just to try and pay for travel and all that sort of stuff to get to the races.
1: Yeah. I, th- I personally, I, if you're looking to go pro, you don't have to go quit your job. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I went, I got my pro license off for 12 hours a week. Right. which when when you look at the context of how many hours people do put in, there's people race I race against who put 25 plus hours a week week in. Right. So from Liverpool, where did you Uh, go
0: from Liverpool? What was the next?
1: From Liverpool, so I had my, yeah, from Liverpool, I won the British Championships. I um, qualified for the European, the following year, European Championships, uh, age group again over the olympic distance and that was in uh Kittsbull in austria which was cool um i also experienced my first el- level of elite racing at london elite um so london triathlon they had the elite and um yeah that's the, likes Is that of the of one that's like held buckingham. at the excel center that's the one yeah and you right. have the likes of mark buckingham dave bishop we had some aussies come over as well uh because they were racing in europe so they they were on the start line but that was my first experience of racing at the real as top end elite and you realize how fast a swimming they are. Yeah. Um it's, it's 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 ridiculous. I think it was a non wetsuit swim as well. Um and they were gone, you know, they've done fifteen hundred meters in 19 to 20 minutes non wetsuit, oh, which is just rapid. And yeah. so experienced that for the first time, which was a real eye opener I... as to how fast they are and yeah. and you know, the excitement of of racing at that level was was, was fantastic. But um yeah, from there it was. Then after that, it, I didn't do any. I don't think I'd done. I think go to the worlds that year because I think the worlds there were in Mexico, and it was like.
0: So was at this just... point now, are you thinking I could have a future as a pro at this sport, or is it still just I want to be the best age group right there?
1: Uh, at this stage, it was very much just age group stuff. Right. I thought, right. Let me get a reputation of, okay. Brett Halliwell, you know, he's a solid age group athlete. It wasn't until 2017, so three years into my sport, that I thought, right, actually, no, let's make a go of this because I then started entering bigger races. So you got the Caster Series.
0: Yeah, I've heard of that, yeah.
1: Um, And I started sort of coming in sort of fourth or maybe fifth within the Caster Series, and you get some pro athletes turn up there. And I was like, okay, no, I could actually – I can make something here, and I could could sort of push on a bit. Um, And then I won a medal at a European – um olympic championships in kits um in 2017 um in my age group i but i'd also I, six weeks out i basically almost ruptured my achilles so with the six weeks leading into it i was in a moon boot right uh barely walking no running a little bit of swimming and a little bit of biking so when i got to race day i was like i don't know if i can run yet i don't even know if i'll get around the run
0: so what caused the achilles um, injury was that through training or was that just a breakdown in the body? What happened there?
1: Yeah, through training, I was I done a speed session um on a track, a dozen four hundreds, in f- racing flats, um about six weeks, seven weeks out. Right. And it, it just it just went. Like straight away I could tell it, it it wasn't right. And over the during the night it just flared up. So I got put in a moon boot, um, and yeah, spent six weeks in that leading into into the race, took it off. About a few days out, so I could fly and I could go over there. And I did like a five-minute run the day before. And then, yeah, race day came. Didn't know if I'd be able to get around it. Sort of came out of the water. It was hurting. Got on the bike. Was fine. Got off the bike. It was hurting. And I just basically somehow managed to almost run slash jog slash wince around the run course to to get to get a medal for my age group. But yeah, it's it's great to win. It was very disappointing because I knew that I. If I was fit, I would have not, I don't want to sound, I could have won that. I personally, I think I could have won that age group. So at this Um, point, are you racing
0: regular? Like, are you seeing the same faces at all the races? Are you getting a feel for the competitors you're going up against?
1: uh, Yeah. So uh, only the British ones. So there's one guy in particular called James Phillips, who I've met first of all in Chicago. And I sort of got to know him through racing. And I knew that if he was anywhere near me or I was anywhere near him, I must be somewhere close to the front of the race. Right. Um, Cause he was a solid all round athlete for swim bike. We are very similar. He was the one who came second at the British champs behind me. So I knew that if he's there or thereabouts, then I must be there or thereabouts as well. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, he came off the bike just behind me at the Europeans, um, but then followed finished just behind me at the end of it. So, yeah, I sort of get to know him. But apart from that, I wasn't really familiar with many other people um, within, the, within the age group category that I raced in. Yeah. I knew of other people in other age groups, but not necessarily in my own um, age group. Um, so, yeah, that was that was sort of where I sort of got to know Olympic distance. But at that point, I was like, actually, I can make something of this. And I did my first 70.3 that year as well, actually, in 2017. I, I entered one called Sundowner. Right, up in uh up in york um and it basically was a case of his dead flat dead flat course um i recovered swim. from my yeah lake swim it was a start of midday so it was because it was a sundown and they finished at sunset oh nice so it was a nice little lion then um but yeah i went out to went out to york uh to race it and dead flat my achilles had recovered by then i wasn't doing any fast stuff i couldn't do any fast stuff so it was very much steady tempo stuff without putting too much pressure through my Achilles and not racing in flats, just wearing normal running trainers yeah. for me. Um, so yeah, I went up and done that one, got the experience of just racing over a 70.3 distance and came, I think I came third overall in the end, um, behind two people. One, Will, Will uh, was it Will? Will uh, Clark? Will. Um, no, no. Um, I, I mentioned uh, Lewis Eccleston. All right. yeah. Lewis, Lewis Eccleston won it and Brian Fogarty.
0: I oh, know, yeah, Brian he Fogarty. Brian
1: Fogarty. He won the Ironman, uh, Ironman Bolton last year. He's April. a beast
0: on the bike.
1: Yeah, so they, so they came... Because they're slightly weaker swimmers than me. They came flying past me on the bike. I mean, they were they were motoring along. Um, but I I didn't know. I had never done it. So I was the case of, right, just get around the bike and then see what we have on the run. I'd never run a half marathon either. I'd never run further than 10 miles ever. So... I didn't know what to expect and I'd never really pushed hard or rode hard for over two hours. Um, it's just a case of trial and error and see what happens yeah. again with nutrition, nutrition wise. I'd never really had a nutrition plan. I just thought I'll just take some energy gels in the bite, like four energy gels would get me around. I'm sure. And I'll take another four on the run and that should be okay.
0: So um energy gel wise, you're, you're good with that sort of stuff. Stomach wise, you don't get any issues with gels and, like, stomach issues on the run or anything?
1: um, Only in hot conditions, turns right. out. Like, I mean, like, we're talking, like, when it's, like, high 20s. Yeah. Um, that's only when I have noticed it. And the only two times I've noticed it was in the Challenge Championships and the Ironman 70.3 Worlds last year as well. Um, But apart from that, no, I've never, I've never had, I've not had, like... um digesting issues or need to go to toilet or anything like that yeah I've never had any issues with that at all um so I've been quite I guess I'm quite lucky in that aspect but um it's just been a case of trying to figure out what works individually for me and when to take it and how to take it and how to carry it as well which was new for me um so yeah that sort of started in 2018 where I started really dialing down into okay what do I need nutrition wise to get around comfortably in a 70.3 race and to keep me energized and so what
0: sort of thing on the bike then are you taking a gel like every half an hour what's is that what if you worked out like calorie content for an hour and all that sort of stuff
1: yeah, yeah yeah so i i base it off my weight so i have one one gram of carbohydrates per kilogram of weight right um per, per hour so roughly about 80 kilograms probably an hour of carbohydrates um so we're talking what 160 and now you get that through gels or I have a, 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 one of my sponsors, Precision Hydration.
0: Yeah, they, do some,
1: they, they do some sachets, which are fantastic. They have the electrolytes, which you can tailor to yourself. So, have you um, taken one of your,
0: their sweat
3: tests?
1: Yeah, yeah, have done the sweat test. If you haven't done it, it's worth doing to see how much you sweat and your sodium levels, because then you get different strengths of, of electrolytes and yeah. you can tailor it to what you want. So, they have obviously the tablets, which are zero calories, but they, in their sachets, I think it's 17 grams of carbohydrates. Right. So you factor that in along with some gels, um, then you sort of have a, a real balanced, a real or, or gels or, or, or carbohydrate drink or whatever you, whatever you use, and you can sort of work out how much you need for that. So, so I think how, how did you
0: get that sponsorship from them then then? Did they see you at age group races and, and approach you, or did you approach, approach them and say, look, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm planning, I'm looking for that uh,
1: sponsorship? yeah no i just i reached out to them so the guy that i mentioned james phillips who i raced against quite a lot he started working for them right um and i just sort of reached out to them and was like ah oh, i'm looking at achieving this this is my plan for the next three four five years um because they've got some good you... triathletes
0: on their books as well now aren't they as well
1: yeah over the last couple of years they have got some phenomenal athletes like emma Pallant. they've got yeah. sam appleton in, in from i think he's from australia um you know, uh, even some uh, some track and field athletes, Alish McColgan is one of them. Because
0: they do um, a bit with, you know, with the uh, NFL and things as well, I think.
1: Yeah, they do. And so Team Sunweb, right? Yeah. For Tour de France. So Yeah, yeah they they've got some great, they have got some top athletes on their boards, and that's over the last couple of years, where they because they're so specialised in what they do, and Andy Blow, who runs it, has such a, uh, a such a knowledge around electrolytes, how the body works, the science behind it. You know, he can he can tell you everything you need yeah. to know and doing the sweat doing the sweat test highly recommend it um to find out how I thought I wasn't I didn't think I was a high sweater anyway, I wasn't but to know w- what you should be taking and how you should, what when you should be taking it so pre-race pre-training during training and, and post-training or race so you know what you should pH, take
0: sachet do you have because I when I did um I did use their product for a while I, was, I think it was on the thousand pitch I think it was a thousand the one I
3: was on
1: yeah, that's the one. I'm on pH thousand for racing and training like when I'm training and racing because I don't sweat that much. Right. Um. So my sodium levels so it's more top up. But then I I do use the 1500 for pre and post to replenish what I lost as a result. Uh, on easier days, I might take 500. Like if I'm doing a, like a really chilled day or rest day, I sometimes take like five to 500 as well.
0: So have you start with? Did you approach them? Have you had issues with hydration and stuff post race before, and that's why you've Decided that you wanted to like reach out to those guys. Have you had any issues like where you've had to end up on a drip after a race or anything because of hydration issues?
1: Uh, yeah, I did in my first race in 2018. Uh, yeah, 2018 in
3: Salou. Right.
1: Um, so I don't challenge Salou. I think I was in, I think it was May time. I didn't hydrate enough on the bike, um, but I felt fine coming onto a run. But I got to seven miles. I cannot remember the last seven miles of the run. Um and I just coll- I collapsed at the end they got dragged over to the tent and put on a drip
3: um, oh, crikey.
1: after that and that took me about that took me about three or four weeks to recover properly like the, off that I was so lethargic, like yeah. grumpy, tired, so it, it completely emptied emptied it emptied me out um and that was a realization of how important nutrition was in racing a in 70.3 distance yeah. and making sure that you're on top of it because what i'd done was about fifteen kilometers out. I missed the last uh drink station on the bike. Right. So I didn't collect a bottle. Um and I had no water left. I had no 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 fluids on my bike until I drank it all so it was all gone. But it got really hot. I think it it was it wasn't sunny but it was really humid and it yeah. was like 27 degrees. So I wasn't drinking for the last 15k, which doesn't sound far, but in reality of racing, not having a drink for that last 15k yeah. makes a big difference. And coming onto a run, I was dehydrated and depleted. So it was always gonna be a challenge. Um, but yeah, that was my first experience of fully emptying tanks and not knowing what happened for the last seven miles. Good thing is I won though. I did with my age group, but <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't recommend going. Yeah, don't, going don't to that recommend point. that. No, <laughs> no, that is that's it's horrible. It's it's a vile, and you just lose everything. Like everything goes sight, balance, uh, whatever. It was, was, it, like, it was, was Johnny
0: he won it in one of the races where uh, Alistair threw him across the line. And he was just yes, swaying yeah. all over the, like, the final hundred meters. It was just like a, uh, a funny walk sketch out of uh, um, 40 yeah. times or
1: something. All, all that goes for your mind. Like, for me, all that was going for my was don't walk. If you walk, you ain't starting again. So don't walk. Just keep running. Put one foot in front of the other and you'll get there eventually. Yeah, because there was, there was a female
0: triathlete last, was it last year? Um, and she'd been trying to qualify for Kona like three or four different races. I think it was in Germany. And she literally had like a thousand meters to go. Uh, yeah. And she stopped and sat on the curb, and that was it. Game over. Yeah. She just didn't get back up again.
1: Yeah. A, I think it was, I think, I want to say like Sarah True. Yeah. I think it was. So, yeah, think
0: it was. yeah.
1: And she was winning. She was winning by quite a, mar, quite a margin. And yeah. She had yeah, a good she's... 10
0: minutes, I think, on the, 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 the person that was second. But the second yeah. she sat down, and you could see people want to like give her drinks at the stations and stuff, but she had, just had it in her head that she had to keep going. And yeah. you missed a couple of drinks and all that sort of stuff. And yeah,
3: it it, it, it does
1: take over. It it does take over, and it, it it takes over so quickly that you just, you, that's it. That, once it's taken over, you just f- like focus on what like the finish line, wanted to finish as soon as possible.
0: So um, you got pH. Um, you got a prison hydration as a um, uh, sponsor. Any other sponsors? Has anybody else
1: yeah, reached some, out to you? Yes, yeah, so my my first sponsor was uh, BW Cycling. Right. So Andy Wadsworth um, and Ollie Beckinsale down under the Cumberland Basin in Bristol. Yeah. Um, I sort of got involved with them probably really early on, to be fair with you. Um, they put out on, I think it was Twitter, uh, looking for some triathlon ambassadors. I'd been in there maybe two weeks beforehand, spoke with, with Ollie, got a bike fit with Ollie.
3: Yeah, he does a good um, bike fit.
1: Which is, yeah, highly recommend. They, they know their stuff. And yeah, they just brought me in, had a discussion about, you know, what I was looking to achieve what I wanted out of it. And they're like, it's very casual, but I wouldn't go anywhere else for a bike. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try. I don't trust other places to get my bikes. I would always take it down to BW. Andy and Ollie will sort me out and help me out. And they've, they've supported me ever since. So I can't thank them enough for what they, what they've done over the last five years or four years. I've been working with them. They've got vast amounts of knowledge in elite level racing, but also they're not, when someone's raced at that level, you think, oh, they're going to be really obnoxious. There's not to like, you wouldn't know. If yeah. he, unless Oli tells you, you wouldn't think ollie has been to the Olympics. You wouldn't think that he raced for, you know, Shimano and, and, and the, the elite yeah, race teams on yeah. road, as well as mountain bike. You wouldn't think that. And you wouldn't know Andy's done, you know, he won x Um I think he won x Terror World, um, I don't know if an age group or elite, back in like 2002. You know, so they've got, between them, they've got so much knowledge and, and experience yeah, yeah. that, they make you feel welcome and they make you feel um you know that you can achieve what you want to achieve which is which is what you want around you so yeah i got on board with them really early and uh maru as well so for swimming i got maru right um so is that wetsuits or
0: goggles or
1: uh yeah they're just goggles and sort of jammers or swim shorts and right um Sort of kick, kickboards, paddles, etc. Um, I got it. I emailed them really because I used to when I was younger and I used to swim. I used to swim in their jammers, um so I emailed them and they didn't really sponsor any triathletes, but they then took me on board and was like, "Yeah, that's fine. We'll we'll give you some some kit, just promote through social media." And again, I've been with them ever since. And they're not a well-known um, uh, uh company in the triathlon world, but in swimming, they're massively known.
0: So are they are um, they um, British based or are they?
3: What,
1: yeah, what? they're based up in um, uh, I want to say Hemel Hempstead. Oh right, okay. So yeah, they're 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 very much British based and um up in yeah Hemel Hempstead way. Um, so yeah, I got on board with them really early. Again, they're one of they're sort of my second sponsor behind behind BW. Um, so yeah, I've sort of got them and Precision Hydration, and, and so far it's it's been it's been it's been work a good working relationship, I think. Oh, and I uh, for me now it's it's a case of okay what. More financial backing, so I can go on and be a professional yeah triathlete i think and 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 sort of progress further like I know what i i can i I have an idea of what I can achieve and how to achieve it. It's just i guess for me it's now looking at okay, what do I need to do to get there and actually step in more potentially maybe i don't know easing off how many hours i work work a week, and then moving across to looking at okay what can I do with my triathlon and how many more hours can I invest in in that really.
0: So from 2018, then you did Mallorca, and then after Mallorca, was it then a bit of time off before you decided to do the uh, Challenge Summer in, or was there races in between that as well? Uh,
1: yeah, oh yeah, 2018. So what I done Salou uh, at the start of the year. That was my first real season, testing out uh, um, 70.3 races. So I finished off with Challenge Mallorca in October. Again, party event. Didn't know what to expect, but... Done well there. Um, won my age group. I came 19th overall, um, And then chilled out after that. You know, had an off-season. Yeah. Um, relaxed, but knew that 70.3 was going to be my real right, before first Before you event.
0: go too further, just that say that it. again. You chilled out and had an off-season. Because there's lots of people out there, lots of age groupers, that don't feel that they can have an off-season or have a bit of a chill now and again. So you had a chill, but regrouped a little bit and then moved forward again, yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I... Um, I use my off season to put on as much weight as I can. <laughs> I can relate <laughs> right. to that.
0: Yeah, I'll go with that.
1: <laughs> the funny thing is, so I, I I have about a month off. I think. Um, right. You need. It. This, you definitely you need, need it. it. You need your body's tired from racing. The fatigue is in there. Um, so yeah, I took a month off. I put on. I tried putting on at least. I wanted to put on at least five kilos. <laughs> right.
0: Um,
1: which is a lot. Like healthy five a kilos lot. or pizza five kilos.
0: Pizza five kilos.
1: Pizza <laughs> burgers. <laughs> You know, like all the stuff you I don't, I don't, I don't not have it. I minimize it throughout the year, uh, yeah. throughout the season. But, um, you know, yeah, pizzas, p- uh, burgers, alcohol, whatever, good work. Over, yeah, that, good. over that month, just to completely just mentally refresh, physically refresh everything. So yeah, 2019, I knew I want, what I wanted to do. And as a result of Challenge Mallorca, I qualified for the Challenge Championships in June, 2019. So that was my that was my A race. That was my main goal for that season. The other goal was getting my professional license and uh, qualifying for the Ironman seventy point three Worlds in Nice. That was my three goals for that season. Right. Um, so it was quite a, quite a you know a full on yeah. season. So it really, it really stepped up ambitious for 2019.
0: Big, big big ambition.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I started twenty nineteen. I'd done more time on the bike, got real strong over the winter. Like I mean. I mean really strong over the winter on the bike um, increased my swim my threshold swim and my running was all all on the up um, and my first race of the season was in, in France in Pays Dax um, which is in the aix province I believe Right. Sort of, I think it's about south of France but yeah i done the, the Ironman 7.3 Pays Dax um, and I came second in my age group by about a minute in the end um, it wasn't my best race because I dropped my water bottle on my bike on a hill so i had to go up the hill to get it again and then come back down and carry on right um and that was more out of oh my god if i've dropped something outside of a feeding station am i going to get disqualified
0: yeah
1: and i didn't want that so i went back and got it and it had my hot on
0: their littering rules and things like that aren't they
1: yeah precisely so that's where that minute was lost i believe um but also in the swim my goggles leaked three times um, so it wasn't my cleanest race. So to come second in my age group where I was I was happy with. I was only, f- I think, three or four minutes outside of the eight percent required. Right. Um, so that eight percent.
0: Just to explain that eight percent to the listeners. Have you got to be within eight percent of the winning time or the podium?
1: Uh, the winning time in a pro field. Right. So okay. you got time wise. So when from when the, the first pro finishes, you've got to be within eight percent of of that time. So it depends on you know. Right field okay. and yeah. So I finished. Yeah, I think I was like four or five minutes outside of that eight percent, which was at the point it was it was okay. I'm, I'm actually really close. I'm not far off at all. So what are you uh, doing at
0: seventy point three in at this point then? What sort of times are you hitting in that? What's like breakdown? Swim, bike, and run.
1: Um, swim. I think I'd done at that point about like twenty seven, twenty six, twenty seven. Um, the bike was about two twenty, two hours twenty, two hours twenty five. Right on that on that. On on that course, which was had a massive um elevation. I think it was like three thousand meters of elevation in total. Um and then uh my run, I think I've done a 120 twenty or one twenty-one off the bike on a hilly on a hilly run course. Wow. Um but in terms of I I guess you you can yeah, so time wise, I try and avoid specific breakdowns of times because you never know what the course is gonna be, the weather yeah, on the yeah. day, the wind and stuff. So I sort of, but however I had increased my race power on my bike from previous year, which was about 240, 250 watts. Yeah. Um, up to uh, 280. I think I had 288 to 290 cool. for that race. So that's a bit, I was a big, that's how much work I put in over the winter was a real, um, consistent block of just really improving my bike just to be able to hold that higher power. And it made yeah. such a difference. It made such a difference. um, so, yeah, that was my first race. And the second race of the season was the Challenge Championship.
0: Now, um, the Challenge Championship, um, off the top of my head, is that the one that's in, like, um, a proper resort where everything seems to be in the, in the same sort of area?
1: Yes, that's it. Yes. It's in the X-Bionic Sphere.
0: X, that's it, yeah.
1: Um, which is, uh, not gonna, there's nothing else around it. There's literally nothing. There's, there's no shops, nothing in the one it's fair is a phenomenal um place you've got a 50 minute swimming pool outdoors got gyms it's got horse riding equestrian stuff athletics track etc like it's phenomenal um but mega expensive to stay there uh-huh. um so yeah that was my that was my second race of the season and and to be fair leading into it i didn't know what to expect in, in all fairness i was going in there i was like it's a championship i reckon like a podium i like could podium on my age group probably. i was like yep. That's my aim. I'll podium my age one. I'll be happy with that. I'd aim for that. With a championship, the percentage is a bit different for gaining a pro license. Right. Um, so I had to be within 10% right. of the overall um, winner. And who won it that um, year?
0: King, did Kinglay win it that year?
1: Yeah, Sebastian Kinley won it that yeah. year. It's like the, the pro field for the men was, was, was a solid, solid pro feel. But yeah, yeah, yeah. they did 10% or you win the amateur age group overall. Right, so you okay. can either do percentage or win the overall amateur age but either the challenge championships or the ironman worlds in kona or ironman 7.3 Worlds.
2: yeah
1: and that's the criteria so um yeah when it's that race i felt proper chilled about it i had an expectation of a podium in but it was a dead flat course i think it was 73 meters of elevation on the bike in total over 90 kilometers and the run was a multi terrain flat run as well.
0: Yeah, it's a bit on the grass um,
1: of stuff I've seen because I'm watching
0: the highlights and things.
1: Yeah, so it's a bit of grass, a bit of sand. Um, but I went in there, I was I felt good on the, I woke up race morning, I felt really chilled. I watched the pro women and men go off. Um, and my race didn't start until nine AM. Um, so it was quite a, a nice, not stupidly early start. Yeah. Um so was that a weight yeah, start it, or was that
0: mass start for age group?
1: uh wave start so you do a wave start in terms of you go off in your age groups yeah but they do the oldest age groups and the females first right so i was one of the last age groups to go off um i think there's only one age group behind me so you've got a lot of traffic you've got all the older age groups you've got the disabled disabilities you've got um the the females all ahead of you as well so that yeah. means when you got on the bike when you got on the bike course it can get quite quite busy yeah and with the championship, the challenge, they put in a 20 meter draft rule.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because so normally, of... for, the, for the listeners who don't know, it's normally 12 meters.
1: Yeah. So 20 meters is a big gap. But um, for when I got on the bike course, because it was just a straight line, basically, it was just a straight out and back, it was all, they're all out in a line anyway. So it's quite yeah. easy to overtake. So it's quite nice. And um, yeah, so I, I just got, I thought I'm going to swim hard, I'm going to bike hard and just see what I have left off off the off the bike on the run um i got off the bike in my i think i rode like 205 on that course hours five i think in the end um which i thought i was like yes i'm well happy with that yeah um however i've never been in the tt position for two hours straight right don't ever underestimate a flat course they are harder than a hilly yeah course because
0: constant pushing you're,
1: you're constantly pushing you're constantly better. your hip flex and your glutes just get so tight so tight so I came off that bike and in my head I was like, I can't run. I physically cannot run. <laughs> and I basically hobbled from the dismount line through to transition, got my stuff, and I sat in the transition tent. And if you look at my T T two time, I think it was like three and a half minutes. And I think it was like a minute or minute and a bit or half slower than most of the other people in the in transition two. And I sat there and I thought. I, I don't know if I can run this. I just, I, Constantly I pay, doing the
0: downward dog just to uh, stretch out the glutes.
1: <laughs> Mate, I, I questioned pulling out altogether. I was like, I don't know how if, if I can move right now. I, my legs are so, my legs are like lead, so heavy, so stiff, so painful that I physically don't think I can move. So I was like, just get up, just build into it really slowly. Like find your, find a bit of a rhythm, get to the first, um, a station. But what I do do and what I always recommend doing is put, a. Uh, a bottle of fluid in your t1 bag a uh, t2 right. bag sorry uh because you never know how long it's going to be to the first uh um
0: so what you, ca- t- you you actually carry that for the first mile or so or do you just take it and uh, drink it actually in t2 i
1: take it with me on the, i run out with it so i, right, I put okay. a bottle of only a small bottle like, like literally twenty fifty ml but i have uh, my electrolytes in it yeah
3: um
1: and i take that out and i'm swigging it as i'm running out of transition because it's to replenish anything you might have missed out on the bike, but also you don't know how long it's going to be until you get to the first aid station. Yeah. So you've got that back up anyway. And also the first aid station is going to be manic um, with people trying to get as much fluid on them or down them as possible because they're overheating or what. So I always take a bottle in a hot race with me just for that exact reason so I can bypass the first aid station yeah. and maybe get to the second one comfortably knowing that I've had fluid anyway. So at
0: this point when you leave in t- T2 um are you still now just passing previous age groupers and stuff that starting in front of you you're making your way through the field
1: yeah 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 so at this point my girlfriend laura she was on the on the course with me and she i seen her when i first came off the bike she was like you're second in your age group no no yes no you're second overall sorry and i was like what second she was like yeah you're second overall only five minutes down on first place and i was like oh okay, cool. I didn't know what first place looked like, but I was in a lot of pain. I was like, I didn't know. I don't know if I could continue. So I sort of built into it. And as I kept going, I was taking my nutrition on board um, from the A stations. I was getting Coke. I was getting red Bull, I was getting water. I was getting whatever they had, because what happened as soon as I got about 3k into it, I almost started throwing up. So I started getting really bad reflexes of gagging and heaving and almost wanting to throw up. Um, so I, I physically couldn't take any like gels on board or any carbohydrates. It wasn't it wasn't staying down.
0: So was that because of the heat or too much swallowing water in the swim, or what do you think that caused that?
1: Um, I think I put I put it down to the heat.
0: because
1: it it got when I was on the run, it got to like thirty degrees on the run in the end. Oh, crikey, yeah. So that 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 really really started to to affect me. That was the first time I sort of had that experience, and I was like sods lowest on my biggest race of the season. Yeah. So I'm there sort of. Heaving as I'm going through, sort of five, six, seven K. But at that point, I was, I knew that as long as I could keep getting Coke, my stomach should settle. So all I focused fuel. on that point was, yeah, exactly, emergency fuel, get the Coke, get the sugars in, and hopefully my stomach will settle down. Um, and it did. I got about 10 K into it, so halfway. Uh, my legs had recovered, my legs were feeling good. My stomach is set, I wasn't heaving, so I was taking on Coke. I started taking on gels again as well, um, and sort of built from there. And then when I came up to the guy, I sort of saw this guy in the distance who looked like he was going at a decent pace, looked like he was sort of my age um, or like a younger competitor. So yeah. I assumed was, and it was. And when I got to him, I saw his number. He had his number on the wrong way round, And I was like, yes, he is. He's the Oval leader. So now, I oval, At this I point,
0: when you go to pass him, they, they kind of say is that you should never look back. You should just literally drill it past them and carry on and break them that way. Was there any glances? Was there any conversation at that point as you uh, passed him?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, there wasn't any conversation. There was. I glanced. At, I looked across at him, uh, but that's what I've always done. That even when I was running a uh, racing in, in athletics, I always Didn't give him look a little wink. Flex. Did
0: you as you ran past?
1: No, no. I was. I was in too much of the hurt zone, but I looked at him to see <laughs> what his face, what his facial expression, to see how much he's hurting and whether it looked like he could respond if I went past. Yeah. Um, and that gave me confidence that he was. He was on the river. He was done. Um, so I could then continue. Um, so once I got passed in, that gave me that extra confidence boost that, okay, now I'm sort of, I guess, winning, um,
2: yeah.
1: uh, but then I forgot about it. Then I completely, I went into a mind cause I started going for a bad patch again. I was like, I've got another like six, seven, eight K to go. Um, so I've got to focus now on, on getting to the finishing line and not collapsing. So then it was a case of keep your head down, keep working, keep pushing. And it wasn't it literally wasn't until um, I came towards the finish and finishing line. I was like, I'm done, I'm going into the finishing straight. And there's no one else there. There's no other age groupers. There is nobody else even finishing. And all you, all I heard over the tannoy was, and here comes our first age grouper. And I was like, Really? Wow. Like I would I would have thought like the people side, of, like, you know, the females or yeah, yeah. the old like I would have thought there would have been someone. They're like, here comes our very first age grouper. They find out looking for my number, and I got closer, they said it was me. And I was like, oh, wow, like, this is insane. Like running down the finish and straight. Everyone's like obviously going to like
2: cheering yeah. and all
1: that sort of stuff. And I crossed the line and I was like, wow, like, that's, that's a crazy experience because <laughs> I never thought I'd be the – I didn't think I'd be the first age to stand down the finish and straight. But yeah, and it, but then because I had another age group behind me, I didn't know if I won it overall.
3: Yeah. And
1: it wasn't until I was on the massage bed um, having like the pre-race massage, and a guy called Jack Schofield, who I knew through um, Instagram, who I met, who spoke to before the race as well, it was like, "Mate, you've won it! You've won it!" And I was like, "What do you mean I've won it?" He's like, "No, you." I was like, "What, mate? I know I won my age group, yeah, absolutely." He's like, "No, you've won the race overall." I was like, "How do you know?" He goes, "Because a guy down there, Gareth, he came second overall." And I was like, "I was like, ah, oh, nice." He's like, "Yeah, you beat him by 40 seconds, but then third place is like five minutes behind you." and I was like oh mate that's mega and then it wasn't until I started speaking to Gary uh, Gar- oh Gareth sorry who came second he was like oh like he's such a sound guy and he was like oh mate that's a mega race we 40 seconds and basically you can now go off to British Trafflor and get your pro license wow and I, that, and that's when it sort of hit me was like that was my gay goal for the season yeah, yeah. I, I got it in my second race and and then it was like okay so I, I had to go go home and sort of figure out how I'm going to what I'm going to do and when I'm going to get my pro license and all that sort of stuff but yeah that was my first real experience of wow this is like what it's like to win a championship you go to the ceremony in the evening and have that ceremony and get your free stuff
3: so did you get and to then, with all the
0: pros at that point at the ceremony and stuff
1: yeah yeah so luckily I sort of knew a few so I know Tom Davis yeah um, and Adam, Adam Bowden I knew that I knew them too um, so I knew I knew a few athlete, uh, a few of the pros anyway, um, from the British side of things. Um, but yeah, sort of went there, and obviously you see that all the other like Sebastian Kinley's hanging around. Lucy Charles was there, um, and Reese Barkley, yeah. um, and who else was there? There was Andy Dries, like, all these like people that you've just watched race. Pro yeah, you follow and them on a, and like Instagram,
0: Twitter, and all that sort of stuff. Now you're in the same room as them as you because you've won, yeah. uh, won the age group championship. Wow.
1: Yeah, so that that sort of set my season up then and then 2019 was a fantastic year. I think I podiumed every single race that I went to except for one. I won, I think I won like three or four of my races last season. The only one I didn't podium up was the Ironman 7.3 World Championships in Nice in September, which I was died for, but it was end of season. I was was fatigued through the amount of racing I was doing um, mentally and physically and the course was just, crazy course, like a, a crazy insane course. Um but yeah that 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 season so I, I think I went I, I think I won or podium that all of the castle series races I'd done. Right. Um over the over the gauntlet distance they call it. So the, yeah. again the sort of middle distance version. Um I did I do any other Ironman brand races? I don't think I did. No, I didn't. I was in the Ironman brand to race a bit. So have you, backs.
0: Have you? the longest you've gone is 70.3? You haven't touched on the actual Ironman long distance stuff yet?
1: No. No, not yet. I'm I'm planning on the next year, hopefully doing an Ironman end of next year. Um, that's fingers crossed. Yeah. I'd never, to be fair, like, when, the, when it went, like, talking about a train, like, I'd never ran anything further than 13 miles. So, whenever I raced, that was my longest ever run. <laughs> you know, wow. I'd never done any further than 10 miles in training so doing a, doing an Ironman and I knew with the Ironman you've got to get strong on the bike and, yeah. and really build that robustness so I was like yeah that's fine I'll, I'll prepare for another year and actually with COVID now it's given me a, a, an opportunity to really get those bike miles in get that strength um, in and, and sort of build from there but um, yeah 2019 I finished on a bit of a downer with the Ironman 70.3 Worlds but it was a blessing because it, 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 you know I couldn't have asked for a better season
3: yeah, I could yeah. not have
1: asked for a better I paid him but <laughs> out of 10 races i have done I was podium at nine of them so yeah. I think that's a good solid year all around for me and um I learned a lot I learned you know pacing racing strategies and and sort of got com- more confidence over that distance and nutrition etc so that was a real um yeah, exactly. yeah
0: I me. Mean. yeah really good so going forward then with when like about turning pro do british triathlon now you've reached that stage do they give you any like helping hands is do they put you in touch with different coaches and things as well or is it case you literally just fill in a form apply for the pro license and they let you get on with it do they try and nurture, nurture you through the process as well uh no no, nothing
1: <laughs> and not unless you're part of the elite squad yeah um which is like the uh, basically the olympic program. yeah because
0: they base a lot of them up in leeds and loughborough and places like that I don't they so unless you were um young age grouper then they kind of just let you crack on on your own
1: yeah basically so all you so they have the uh, they call it the long distance elite uh program i guess um and basically all you do is you get the you've got a Get the percentage or the qualification result, yeah.
2: Um,
1: and then basically email it off to British Triathlon, they validate it and then they send you your license, which you then use to send off to Ironman or Challenge. Right. Um, and then with Ironman, so Ironman do, um, where well you send it off to them at this, at the start of the year, and you decide whether you want to go for an annual pro license, which is like $900, yeah, or you have different categories for that. With Challenge, you um, do individual races. So you send off to individual event organisers yeah. and they decide uh, whether to give you an entry or, or whether it's full or whether you get a discounted entry. Right, um, okay. That was all new to me. I didn't really know what to expect. Um, so that's still a learning curve for me. Yeah. So for the Ironman, I was like, great, I'll pay nine hundred dollars And that, what that means is that I can enter any Ironman-branded race, whether 70.3 or Ironman, that I want. Yeah. So it works out a lot like it does work out cheaper, yeah yeah
0: yeah because the average race is like 500 quid now isn't it?
1: yeah precisely and then what that also means say i went to a 70.3 and i qualified for the world technically i don't have to pay for that because i've i've, right. I've paid my yeah, yeah, yeah. license fee as well um and then you get some other benefits so i know like if you get on some like um with challenge you get some people get accommodation paid for
0: yeah because challenge so you free. do quite a good thing with races where they try and get the local community involved don't they i know at roth um they do lots of um like family stays for athletes and and things
1: yeah no absolutely they, they do they, you know trying to do all sorts of things with local communities and that's what that's what they look to do is to bring the whole community into the event yeah rather than have them turn against it it's better to have them on side because it makes yeah. for a better day and a better better race but yeah that that's all new to me and i'm still trying to figure out that side of things and what to do and how to go about it and what to say etc so I'm still learning and obviously 2020 has not been the season for me to do that. No, no, no. Um, so yeah. So with this um,
0: creation of the um, professional triathlon association or is it, is it PTO? Was it, is it PTO or PTA? Yeah, PTO? I think it's PTO. PTO. Yeah. Uh, do they offer any assistance to new up and comers as well? Or is that once again, just for the, pro, the, the, the pros that are already established?
1: I think they offer some sort of financial help to, I think it's the top 100. Right. I think. Um. I've to be fair with you. I've not really done m- much research into it because I don't think I'm at that level yet. Right. I um. I think you've got to be in a position where you're you've you've raced professional and earned a bit of money from it. Yeah. Um. To, to sort of qualify. And I think they have a ranking you know, as to where you rank at the moment. Uh, of course, this was gonna be the first year that they were gonna do it. So, that was um. That, that obviously didn't happen, and they they really just announced the Hell velin triathlon. Um pot for yeah. professionals um so yeah i think it was like they had like a million a million or two million dollar um poc, uh, buck uh whatever you want to call it like a, a pot to, to to hand out yeah and i think what the good thing was was when COVID hit, obviously a lot of the professionals who don't work who rely on racing and rely on sponsorship they weren't competing they paid out
0: yeah i heard that i think a, it's like people. 10 grand or something like that they paid like top under i so, think
1: yeah which which is fantastic so that they could then continue and keep racing or keep training and, and doing their stuff whereas for me i work full-time at this moment so yeah. and luckily with covid i guess i've been able to work throughout and i haven't touched wood I, i've still got my job so i've been i've been lucky in that aspect but um i know with some pros who earn literally pennies right now is a real yeah. a real struggle for them you know so um so yeah, I think it's a, it's a great way. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it unfolds over the next couple of years. I th- um,
0: looking at the press and stuff, I think they're trying to make a bit of a like um what would be the PGA and golf or the ATP in tennis, aren't they? Where the the pros have a little bit more say in in what goes on on the, on the tour sort of thing, and trying to take a bit of power away from Ironman brand itself.
1: Yeah, I think they they, they actually brought in someone from one of the either WTA or PGA. I'm not sure but they brought in a new CEO from one of those yeah um who has a lot of experience obviously so it be yeah it will be so interesting to see what happens and i think it's a good thing i think it's a good way to go i think for pros this you know if you yeah, want that I think Brownlee, level, uh,
0: Alistair Alistair Brownlee is actually on the board of directors
1: so. yeah it, i think they have they do have i think Jan is on there as well like some of the top athletes are on on the board so i think they have say in how it runs and and what to do with it because I think some of the organisations, I don't know, but I think some of them are very linear and, and what they.
0: I think Ironman kind of use the pros as a bit of a uh, carrot to um, get the, get the age groupers in, don't they? I think the the, the prize the prize um, fund the po- uh, the the prize like, um, money isn't the greatest for in the Ironman brand races.
1: No, no, exactly. So I think this is it's, it's, it's a new it's a new experience. I think it's it's something that will take off. I just hope for the fi- funding thing; they can continue to fund. So, um, we're
0: chatting about yeah. Hel, uh, the Hell um triathlon that's coming up this weekend. Didn't fancy dipping your toe in to give it a bit of a crack?
1: Um, no, I, 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 haven't trained. Like, I just in end of July, it just sort of because my first year, I was so excited to race pro, and then it wasn't happening. I was like, I'm not even going to race one race. I don't want to race one race um because i take a few races to, or a couple of races to get going yeah i um i've been off 2020 season altogether i was like i'm not i'm not in the mood i'm not looking forward to it i don't know what to expect so i don't want my first season as pro to be remembered this way yeah so yeah i haven't tra- i didn't train until and like probably a week or so ago so i had pretty much a whole of august off yeah i did um, see on your
0: instagram or i think it might have been facebook You you said you pressed the reset button
1: yeah, so I only I've only really started this week. Is my first week back to proper um, structured training. Um, so going, going
0: forward, to... then have you got a, a target in place? Have you got a race that you think right? This is what I want to be ready for first.
1: Um, at this stage, no, because I was hoping there'd be some really early early season races, like sort of February March time. Yeah. Um, however, they've been pushed back even Again, yeah. to like Oct- uh, October. So at this moment, I've I've sat down. I've looked at the races. I know with the race with the Ironman, what races there are. Um, and now it's just a case of, okay, so logistically, obviously with the situation, I have them in my mind, but realistically what's going to happen. We don't know. So I've sort of noted all of them down as to potentials and then I can firm up later on. The good thing about, I guess, racing professional is that you only have to book onto the race within 10 days of the start title start. Right. Okay. So you can register later. Um, as long as it's not the profile's not full up but yeah so it gives us a bit more time to think yeah, about whether or not we're well, yeah. yeah exactly so at this stage 2021 was a real focus it's gonna be a big season i think it's gonna be a different season but obviously by then i think a lot of the uh, like ironman challenge and, and other british um, event organizers would have had a real solid plan of how races are going to take effect yeah. um and obviously us as you know citizens would have got used to social distancing and and the impact that's had that we can then all race in a an environment that we can adjust to and we can adapt. So yeah, that's now my in my head I'm I'm fully over twenty twenty. I've I've written that off. It's now focusing on putting a a solid foundation and ready for twenty twenty one.
0: So by hitting the the reset button, are we you just base training currently, you're just going through the motion turning the legs over on the bike and the run and just getting a, a feel for it again or have you actually put a structured plan in place already?
1: Uh, very much base, I think, at the moment. It's getting the body moving again. Yeah. Um, getting the Working off back. those pizzas. Yeah, yeah, working, <laughs> off, working off the overindulgence over the last few weeks. Um, getting, yeah, again, getting, getting the enjoyment back again, getting the motivation back on it again um, and again, getting the sort of idea as to what you want to achieve next year as well and yeah. that's sort of that's what that's that's what i focus on now is you know i want a big season next year it gives me a, a longer period to, to, to develop my biking my running my swimming to really make sure that when i do come to 2020 i am ready and so going
0: forward then what aspects you, have you like pinpointed that you you want to do more the most work on is it the bike leg
1: uh yeah swim and bike Swim, and bike. Swim, swim swim to bike so swim from a because obviously we've been out of the water now, what, five months? Yeah. Um, just getting back into the pool. So technique, um, swim strength is going to be a massive focus over the next few months to get that back. So have you got um, a swim then,
0: coach or are you just doing your own training plans and stuff for swim?
1: Actually, it was your guest last week, John Wood. Oh, right. He's, oh, my, he's, my, swimming, he's, my, he's been my swim coach now for the last two, three years.
3: Oh, nice um,
1: guy. So he sets me sessions. Yeah, top bloke. Um, sets me sessions. What, you know, we occasionally link up and he does what uh, looks at my technique and does a focus technical session with me um, and obviously he's got you know 15 years plus knowledge yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of swimming as he said last week so um, you know and, and you know you, you can ask him anything about swimming he'll be able to help you out with it which is yeah. which is massively he's, he's taken me from having a CSS of 130 down to 115 wow. over the last 2-3 years so that's that's been a huge huge increase which is fantastic mm-hmm. obviously stroke wise technique wise he's taken that to the next level and it's just about continuing and developing that over the next 12, 12 18 months and yeah. just continuing to next year. Um, so yeah, that's my real focus, swim to bike over the next sort of year or so.
0: Yeah. And then go long. And then it's uh, the big one, yeah?
1: Yeah. And then end of next year, I'll give a... And I'm, I'm looking at Ironman Barcelona at the moment. I've heard that's a good course and uh, it's a good one to start off with. And It's a I fast one, see. I believe. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I, I want to get... I got a time in mind that I want to get um and i think it's achievable as long as i put the time in to, to prepare properly for it and respect it with all that it deserves
0: yeah so the, the people uh the pros currently out there racing now who are you looking up to as a uh a bit of a target or or someone you want to not emulate because you want to be you want to be beating them really but w- what sort of pros are you looking at are you looking at like the joe skippers of this world
1: no um, no no Skippers no, Joe Skippers a cool. He's cool. He, he, you know, if you look at his background, where he's come from, he's come from not very sporting background. So he's 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 achieved a lot. Yeah. Um, but for me, I don't I don't think you can look further than Jan Fadino Proper, if you if you All look winder. into his back you know, yeah, what he's achieved, done for the sport, his personality, everything about him. Um, is, you know, he he's just a, a real true professional. And it speaks to anywhere, It speaks to anyone. He's he is a top bloke. And I think also the way he approaches training and approaches racing um, is very similar to me. So if you speak to his Dan Lorang or Dan Lorang, um, his, his coach, they don't go to races as training races, no race is a training race. And I don't believe in training races. You right. go there to race, yeah. you go there in peak shape, ready to perform or not at all. That's my, that's my, that's why I'm not doing hell yeah Yeah, as I'm not, I wasn't in peak form for all swim, bike and run. I don't go there just to turn up. Um, and neither does he, um, so he is, you know, he is someone that I think is someone to admire and aspire to. Um, but also Lionel Sanders. Yeah. So if you follow his YouTube channel and look at what yeah. he does, you know, he, and also look at again, look at his background. His background. He's in drugs. He's done drugs when he was younger. Yeah. You know, he went, he went off the rails for a bit. He's just done. Um, he's
0: releasing a new um, video about he's uh, trying to break his five k. Uh, yeah, exactly. I seen
1: that the other day. You know, he he's got an into animal. He's a, on a bike. He's a machine. Like, you, d- you might not agree with some of his training methods, but it works for him. And he's, you know, he's come second at Kona. You know, he's achieved some phenomenal results yeah. and he's a, he's a well-respected professional. And yeah, I think those two, I, I look up to obviously got Brownlee as well. Um, for obvious reasons, I think anyone will know Brownlee and respects what he's done and achieved. And you can never underestimate that. But those two stand out for two different. And also for their injuries as well, when they both had um I, their their injuries back in two thousand and I want to say eighteen. You know, it took three months off altogether and then they had to work back from their I think it was pelvis or hip injury.
0: Yeah, did, did you hear um, how Lionel did his? and we got that injured. Was stupid, wasn't it? Yeah, he um really stupid. he went to lean on a bin to grab a drink or something like that and missed and couldn't be yeah,
1: quick <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Happened so, to the best uh, of
0: us. Happened to the best of us.
1: So easily done, easily done. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I I just think those two are just stand out for me. as you know I I'm often googling Yamfardino to see if he's released any new videos to of how he trains. He, he
0: keeps and, himself to himself a little bit. Uh, I think he lives he in does. Spain and he trains a bit with David um, McNamee uh, now yeah. and again, and uh, he just just goes under the radar and just comes up and produces a good year on year. I think he was interviewed um a few months ago and he, he reckons he's got three Kona's Kona wins left in him still.
1: I I wouldn't put it past him. I would not put it past him. The way, he, if you look at, it, if you listen to his training, I think, you know, he's got his training nailed. Like he has different phases of training, yeah. and he and basically restart each phase after every race. So, you know, he he's always in peak condition by the time it comes to racing because he's followed the same process. Um, and if you look at it, basically it's like base, obviously base phase, strength phase, uh, phase one, phase two. I think it's phase one, phase two, phase three. And he tell, it, it breaks it down and Dan Lorraine breaks it down as to what to incorporate
2: yeah. in each
1: phase and what they focus on. Um, and I think if you also look at the professional athletes and their hours wise, I think a surprise surprising how, how many hours they actually physically train. Right. Um, I think a lot of people have it in their mind they're doing 35 hours a week over seven days.
3: Yeah.
1: The reality is they're not. Yeah. Um, so on a peak week for you,
0: what are you looking at? 15, 20?
1: Maximum. Yeah, 18 maybe maximum. 18. I'm average about 16. I think last year I, I was averaging like 12 or 13. I so with working-wise
0: as well, then how are you incorporating your rest and recovery into that? Are you just literally putting your feet up at nine, putting Netflix on?
1: Um, yeah, so I, I don't, I'm not into Netflix. The only time I watch Netflix is when I'm with my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> but for me, I, I find it quite easy to switch off. Right. Um, personally, I, I mean, um, I, I go to bed at 9.30. I wake up at I wake up at five thirty. I've done that for the past five years, um, since since I got into triathlon. I think for me, it's it's the fact that I can sit down. I am probably the laziest active person most of my family and friends have ever come across. Right. Um, you know, I don't like walking. <laughs> I don't. I am not who, I don't like going out for a walk. It's not something that I enjoy. I don't see the point. Personally, I don't see the point in this. It's a means to an end. You're not walking. You know, you're not you're not walking up a mountain. You're walking along a canal path like you can just sit at home and do nothing That's Fine. <laughs> to me that that doesn't make sense so and it's also slow what's the point of moving somewhere slow when <laughs> you can like run or cycle so for me yeah I, I in the evening i just literally just sit i don't even necessarily watch watch um netflix i might have tv on the background or sometimes i i, I can just by the time i've trained after work i finished training at 7 7 30 i have my tea by you know i i go to bed at nine thirty. so i might have like half an hour 45 minutes spare and then i'm in bed anyway um so i don't really have much time but when i am not training i'm not working i obviously now during covid i can rest more like i'm sat at home all day so rest is quite easy but yeah i i prioritize my sleep over anything else my sleep is so important that's the most important thing to recovery for me um eight hours a night every night is is critical um and then it is just your your hydration and your and your nutrition and making sure you get that on board and get that right because that's the only way you're going to get better through the sessions and recover from the sessions is by eating the right stuff drinking the right stuff and 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 going from there
0: well we've been chatting for nearly two hours so uh, i better let you go in a minute so i just want to say a massive thank you for for doing this today i really appreciate you coming on and uh, and telling all our listeners uh, uh, about your your career and your progression and stuff. Um, so, welcome, what I would like to say is, going forward, if w- maybe in a, like six months' time, when we have got races in the calendar and stuff, we can get you back on again. See how you're yeah. getting on. See what what's uh, what like um, what races you've got booked in and how you feel how you feel going into them and stuff. That'd be really good.
1: No, absolutely. I'm I'm more than happy. I I have also I have thought about coming down not just to not to necessarily take part in your session but just to watch I oh think, what on the um, track
0: on a thursday
1: yeah because you do it on magusville school don't you and I live, yeah. up, I live up by page like i use i shouldn't say this but i guess but you know, i've used magusville school in the past my track sessions
0: i might have seen the odd photo on your website of you <laughs> running right there. i recognize the uh the tree line
1: well, I think I think you copied me. You. you saw me running on there, and then you decided <laughs> to get your lot down there. So, well, no, we got, we've I, got know. a
0: couple of really fast uh, ladies and gents down there. They'll have to put your trainers on and come down and uh, give it a go.
1: Yeah, I I can't run a track anymore. That's the thing. That's why I don't go down there much anymore. Uh, because I can't. Right, I, can't okay. I can't. I can't. I can't do the track sessions with my Achilles.
0: Right. Okay. So, so uh, um, that's one thing we haven't actually touched on. Just quickly before you go, then, um, what is your run? Um, if you had to do one run session what would be your your choice are you do you like the the fast explosive stuff or you you, you like to put yourself in a bit of a hurt locker by doing like 1k repeats
1: I, I do love a hurt locker session straight up i think um yeah 1k 800 meter repeats um on a on a short on a short turnaround or um i was doing one that i used to love with the the spog standard 16 by 400 right so to me, I think six, if you're looking at doing a, you know, you know, a sprint distance Olympics, 16 400s with 100 meter recovery, at probably between five and 10k pace. Right. But the 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 100 meter recovery isn't like a 100 meter walk. It is, you know, you'll cover 100 meters in 25 to 30 seconds. Yeah. So that sort of session is perfect. Well, maybe for when me.
0: you come down and you can write the session for the team then and see how they get on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They'll I, enjoy I that. with that.
1: But also, I do love a long. I do love a long run. I have recently really started to enjoy the long run. But that's because I walk. I walk some of my run as well. So
0: are you? Are you? That's, a, a nine one I'm. A, I do a lot of nine run walk when I'm doing the long stuff.
1: On on the long, I I mix it up. Depends on how I feel. Nine one or fourteen one.
0: Fourteen one.
1: Uh, yeah, fourteen fourteen minutes. Yeah. To one. I think it depends on what I'm feeling like on the day. If I'm really tired or fatigued, then yeah, I've been nine nine to one. Yeah, um, but if I'm feeling all right I'll do 14 to 1 um, I, th- I think as long as I get once I'm walking in there it's, it's quite, it's, it's, it's nice, it breaks up a bit and it makes yeah, time go yeah. a bit faster and you're not oh, hurting definitely. so much the next day So I think yeah, for
0: respe- race specification when you're thinking about <laughs> taking on um, hydration and, and, and food in an Ironman race or a, a long distance race I think you've got to get your body used to that start stop as well so I think it's, a, it's all good for training oh, yeah. Otherwise.
1: Absolutely, and also just yeah, you're not going to lose any benefit. It's it's a, you know there's there's minimal drop in benefit from doing that walk as well. And I think um, if you incorporate it regularly, you'll you'll probably see your fitness go through the roof. Yeah. Um, as a result, because you'll be able to go further and longer and recover better for the next day session.
0: Oh, I'm g- I'm glad you're an ambassador for that, because people laugh at me sometimes no. when I say about doing the odd run walk. So yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you're well, uh, promoting that as well.
1: If if it is any consolation to you. I'm always someone that says if you're going slow, go slower because you're not going easy enough. Yeah. Um, and I, it, it does, it does frustrate me when I see people, you know, who are, who run like, you know, 35 minute 10 Ks or whatever, or, you know, 30, but then they claim to say that seven minute mile is an easy run. I'm sorry. That's not an easy run. <laughs> like that's, that's that's ridiculous. You're not recovering. You're in that gray zone of zone. Three. Yeah. yeah same, zone with, three. same with people on the, same with people on the bike, you know, appreciate the benefit that you're going to get from going easy because those hard sessions the sessions that really count are where you're going to make the gains and then yeah. the recovery element side of that is the most important part because you're not getting any fitter during training the only time you're getting fitter is when you're recovering that's yeah, when it. you're adapting yeah agree yeah yeah that is it that. personally myself
0: wicked right thank you mate as i say really appreciate you coming on and uh, as i say we're, g- we're going to get you on again in the future i know josh was a bit good he's um helping somebody with some bike mechanics to see this evening. Oh. I couldn't make a recording. but um, not worry. I, uh, yeah, he definitely wants to meet up and uh, he asked me to arrange a bike ride with you at some point. So I think he's going to be in contact. Uh, yeah, of course. If um, people did want to get in contact, what's, what's your socials? You're on Insta and Facebook and things like that. Where can people find you?
1: Yeah, best bet is my Instagram. Um, it's Brett underscore Hallowell underscore try. And I that um, the that's
0: show notes as That's where I tag me on that
1: Fab, that's my most uh, that's probably the easiest one i you, I have facebook but i i I don't use the messenger part of it and i don't really promote anything for it to be fair yeah um but yeah i see and, your website
0: slightly out of date you need a little bit of work on the website
1: i'm not gonna lie i didn't know i was still running <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I thought i was closed down so i better close that and down because i i haven't got time that's anything i'm probably paying before, for it, it. <laughs> no i know it's it's free i think so um yeah, no, I haven't, I need to take that blog down because I haven't written it for like three years. Um, I didn't even know it was still up and running.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> but yeah,
1: brand, brand underscore highly underscore try is your best bet on, on my Instagram.
0: Oh, that's great, mate. Thank you very much. I appreciate all your time.
1: That's it. Thanks for having me as well, Paul. Lovely. Thanks, Cheers, mate. Thank take you very care. much. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. <laughs>
0: Okay then, guys, uh, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Brett. I uh, really enjoyed listening to his stories and things. Uh, he seems to have a real natural talent for triathlon. Um, and with all the hard work he's putting in, I think he's going to go a long, long way. So uh, uh, well, hopefully, hopefully, as they get him back on the pod... Um, when he's got his first pro race under his belt and see how he got on and things. Um, all his details about all his sponsorship and all his contact details, I'll put in the show notes below. Um, if you want to get in contact with me or Josh, we're both on Instagram. Uh, Josh is on there as JM Ski 123 uh, and I'm on Insta as active__soul__uk. Um, if you want to drop us an email, um, our email is Podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you're a race director or an athlete that want to promote some product, uh, just get in contact, and uh, we'll get you on get you on the pod and get your information out there. Um, thank you very much for listening to us. Um, the first four uh, episodes have been really successful. Uh, we've had quite a few listeners. Uh, we're now on iTunes uh, as well as uh, Spotify and things um, on the Apple app. Can you give us a little bit of a rating? Maybe five stars would be quite generous if you could. Write a little comment. uh, and It just helps us uh, gain more listeners going forward and things. So say thank you very much for your support. Uh, Appreciate it. Uh, We are going to try and put a pod out maybe once a week. Um, We are really busy with work and families and that sort of stuff. So it it may not be dead on every seven days, but we'll try our best. Uh, And say thank you very much for your support. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye.